Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnson Show. Everything is breaking at lightning speed. I can't keep up with it all. You know, I got some things that I've already told you about that I'm hearing other places just finally get into, and other things that other people have gotten to that I haven't gotten to yet that I want to get to. Everything is breaking all over the place. You got, you know, Powell, Sidney Powell going out there making very grandiose claims about how the entire election is about to be overturned, and she is a serious lawyer. I mean, I mean, you can say what you want about, you know, Rudy Giuliani, but, you know, Sidney Powell, she is one of the most respected lawyers out there. Then you have Lynn Wood, the person who represented Nick Sandman against CNN and won, going out there and saying, yes, you know, Powell does have the Kraken on these people. And then they're going off and they're also, you know, seemingly, you know, debunking, you know, the idea of the raid on the Seidel facility. Now, I told you about that a raid uh, earlier, and I told you I don't really believe it. You know, it would be awesome. It would make sense with some of the changes that are going on, but I didn't really kind of, you know, buy that. But then you go through and you take a look at Lynn Wood's, you know, uh, the, um, you know, her parlor page, right? And it's a verified parlor page. Okay. So go through there and what does she do? She goes off and she shows, you know, the, you know, a reversal or the switch of Trump vote to Biden on TV that we have seen. And I've discussed that before. You know, I, I had posted that on social media, seeing that flip, and she has that wrapped up into a commercial, or he has that wrapped up into a commercial as well. And oh man, everything is just breaking at lightning speed. There is no way to keep up with this. The, the dam has broken on election fraud, all because we were paying attention, all because we were paying attention. And I've even, you know, I have people text messaging me right now saying that Lynn Wood, you know, stated that there's enough evidence Biden can go to jail. Now, I haven't been able to find that clip. I haven't been able to be able to confirm that. You know, uh, apparently it was on Newsmax uh, that it happened, and I wasn't watching Newsmax at the time. And I haven't been able to find a clip of it yet on YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, or any of the other places. I mean, this is just completely nuts and crazy, right? And then I have a sinking feeling, right? Then I have this. I don't know, this deep down feeling, you know, that no matter what we find, no matter how much corruption we find, it's not going to matter, right? And don't worry, we're going to go through, you know, the voting machine some more, some more information that has come out. And hey, did Bain Capital, hmm, did you, you, you recognize that name, Bain Capital, back in 2020, uh, back in 2012, Mitt Romney's presidential run? Did they have some, you know, connections to these voting machines as well while he's running out there declaring Biden, you know, as the, you know, indisputable winner, you know, and China does play a part into these voting machines and you know about the Hunter Biden in China thing, right? So there's a lot of stuff that is going on, you know, but I, I can't get over the sinking feeling that it doesn't matter what we uncover. We can uncover a whole lot of stuff and we already have uncovered a whole lot of stuff. I mean, if you haven't seen the new Project Veritas video, where he got an undercover journalist inside of the Georgia recount, where people were going off and admitting, yeah, we're just reading off Trump votes uh, as being for Biden, and no one's verifying it. Are you kidding me? You know, an undercover journalist inside the recount who captures on video people calling uh, votes for Trump and just claiming they're for Biden, and then saying, yeah, there's no oversight. We're, we're just kind of making it up, <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. But what is the sinking feeling that I have? What is this, you know, what difference is any of this going to make, right? Because think about this, back in 2012, 
Obama used the IRS to target conservatives and, you know, try and suppress us during the election. How much evidence did we uncover of that? A massive ton of evidence. How many people went to jail? Nothing. No one. Out of all the hearings about it and all the clips of, you know, Republicans really looking good at camera, giving Lois Lerner the what to, what really happened? Maybe something, maybe a little firing, and then she makes a media tour, writes a book, and makes a couple million dollars. Wow, what a punishment. You know, take a look at everything we got in Benghazi. Did anyone, did anyone serve any consequences for that? Or what about Hillary Clinton and her illegal use of a private server, you know, in violation of the Espionage Act? Did she ever pay a consequence, no matter how much evidence we uncovered? Hmm? Or what about Spygate, right? Uh, no one's paid a consequence. What? You, you get them fired, then they go around the media tour, you know, hawk a book and make a couple million dollars. You know, so I'm starting to wonder, you know, what is the point on all of it? You know, if, if after everything we uncover and then to find out that no one's going to go to jail, you know, if that's the case, I just give up because there, there becomes a point where there's just so much corruption and nothing being done about it that you start wondering what's the point of uncovering the corruption. So, you know, it, it just really, you know, it just really gets frustrating. And I'm really disappointed in Fox News. I mean, we've all abandoned Fox News by, by now and have switched over to Newsmax and OAN, where real journalism is being done, where they are taking the lead and uncovering the biggest scandal in the history of the entire United States. And people are taking no. I mean, we've seen the ratings on Newsmax just climb and starting to take over all the other networks. Right? So there's a lot of things that are going on and a lot of things that are breaking right now. And I'm trying to go through it. Yes, I'm trying to keep up with video channels. Some of you who follow me on social media see that I've rebranded. I've gotten rid of the name uh, The Alteran because I can't keep up you know, on the website with everything that's breaking, do this podcast, do videos. And yes, I will be coming back you know, or posting you know, a video later. It's just I find doing an audio podcast to be much easier. Okay, so... Let's start getting to some of the clips of some of the things that we have found out. Okay, so OAN, you want some more evidence about how voter fraud was able to take place? Well, let's just turn to no other than One American News Network. Here we go. So another issue is the keys. The keys to the machine are digital devices. It's unclear what the device is. It might be like an RFID device or USB or... Or something, but it is clear that it's a digital device that holds uh, some kind of cryptographic key on it. If you lose this physical key, you lose absolute security of the entire precinct. So, for example, if, say, Philadelphia was storing these keys in a warehouse and they they were robbed, and the only thing stolen were these keys and a laptop then you should consider their entire election to be illegitimate because they have lost the physical security of the system, which is the most important uh, part of information security. And that's exactly what happened in Philadelphia just one month before the election. USB drives and a laptop had been stolen from a key precinct in Philadelphia. On election day, 
Biden overtook Trump's 800,000 vote lead in the dark of night. Oh my God, did you hear that? So we have a cybersecurity expert in case you missed it here. Now I'll be going back and recording a separate you know, video for this uh, to post it up on Rumble and BitChute. But in case you missed it, what they're saying is that the vulnerabilities of this is if you were off to get the digital key and the computer or you know, uh, the basic digital security devices, you could do whatever you want with these machines. You can change the votes however you want. And then we find out that, well, that's in addition to all the other vulnerabilities where even if you didn't have them, you could still do it. But then we find out that, well, the facility holding these security keys, thumb drives, and computers, well, they were robbed a month before the election. Robbed a month before the election. Everything you needed in order to crack these devices without having to go through the six minutes that it would take to, you know, go in and alter them manually, you know, by cracking into them. You know, the devices that you needed to just be able to go in there and do it probably within about one minute uh, were all stolen a month before the election from an election facility or from a security facility. You understand what this means. I mean, we are getting into some territory here that is well beyond anything that could have ever have been imagined during Watergate. I mean, this is, this is even bigger than Spygate, right? As big as Spygate was. And up until now, Spygate was the biggest scandal in American history. You know, this is you know, what I keep saying by never holding the Democrats accountable to any of their crimes, their crimes keep escalating, escalating, and escalating. I have no idea if they were to get uh, away with this, what their next escalation could possibly be. It is a complete overthrow of democracy. It is incredible, incredible. And, you know, as we are seeing, as all this evidence is mounting up, you know, that Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell are coming out promising evidence of election fraud that would overturn the election. And I got people, and like I said, I missed it on Newsmax, but telling me that, hey, they're saying that even Joe Biden can go to jail for this. Could you imagine that? A former vice president who thinks they won the election ending up in jail for election fraud. No wonder the Democrats are out there scared as hell over these investigations, scared as hell over everything that we are coming up with. And why they're desperate, you know, COVID, COVID, COVID. Look at all these COVIDs are, you know, hey, look, we got some new crazy liberal idea. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. But we're not buying it. We are like sharks that smell blood in the water. We know what went on and we are not going to be distracted from any of this, right? Because what they're trying to do and trying to create all these little squirrels, you know, to try and distract us is try and run out the clock because we are on a very tight deadline, a very tight clock here in order to be able to, you know, overturn the fraudulent results of the election before they're able to go off and install. And yes, it was very interesting. Chuck Schumer using the word install Joe Biden as president of the United States. And that is just, you know, unbelievable that they would do that. You know, unbelievable. Now, it's also interesting. You know, I got kind of wonder here what all these cybersecurity experts are thinking going, yeah, you know, you're playing all these videos of everything we said warning you about how bad these voting machines were, you know, but you didn't listen to us as we were sounding the alarm. Only now you pay attention. It makes you wonder what they're kind of thinking, what's going through their heads. Geez, now you listen. You didn't listen to anything we were saying trying to prevent this fiasco. You know, and, you know, can the election be salvaged? Can we ever know the true results of this particular election? I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know. It's probably going to just end up being up to the Electoral College, you know, the, for the state legislatures to just kind of scratch their head, put their finger in the air and make a wild guess. That's probably where we're going to end up at, you know? <laughs> oh, man. So we go through here. And I'll play you a little clip of Sidney Powell here, but I'm going to go through here and play you a clip of a cybersecurity expert and probably wondering why we didn't pay attention before the election to the things that they were trying to say. So let's go ahead and roll clip number two. The end game of the discussion needs to be that there are so many unexplainable, very, or at least at this point, unexplainable, troubling questions that real authority needs to look into it and take it very seriously. The people at the top of the pyramid appear to be companies like SGO, Smartmatic, and CIDL. CIDL actually maintains a series of databases that all sorts of voting companies down here at the bottom of the pyramid report up to. In the case of if ES&S is, is running your election, it'll report up to a database called Clarity. Clarity is owned by CIDL. If Dominion is your vote counting company, it will upload to a database called Democracy Suite. That's controlled by Seidel. It's all Seidel. It's all up there at the top of the, the pyramid. Right there, that Clarity and Seidel is where all the votes are residing. They're not residing in some safe, secure little server that's controlled by the county or even the Secretary of State or anyone else there. It's controlled by Seidel. Well, isn't that interesting? So you're telling me that we have put all the election information uh, from the voting machines to who's keeping records of how people voted is in the hands of private companies. And worse than that, it's in the hand of private companies that are foreign companies. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is amazing. Our own government isn't even the ones going through and keeping track of the votes. They've outsourced it all to private businesses and not government agencies. At, but then again, at this point, I'm not sure I trust government agencies. So who do you trust? And now we start hearing stories and reports about CEOs saying that if Joe Biden isn't seated as president by January 20th, they're going to step in. They're going to crack the whip on GOP senators. I got a newsflash for you, CEOs. One, Trump did, was really good for you. Two, you can go kiss off, you know, screw off. You know, that's about as strong as I want to get on the podcast. I'm trying to keep this somewhat friend, fa family friendly a little bit. You know, I know I can sometimes swear, you know, uh, but now conservatives are having their podcast, you know, removed from certain podcast, you know, um, distributions, you know, like iTunes and iHeart and, you know, all of those places, the podcast directories, you know, conservatives are finding that by exposing this election hoax, we're now having our podcasts removed in order to try and keep our voices down and all the information out. Uh, you know, but anyways, you know, so the CEOs are trying to say, no, 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 you must put in Biden or we're going to crack the whip on these GOP senators. I'm sorry, you CEOs, you don't have a choice. The You can't contain the information anymore. The dam has already broken. Now, just in case you think it couldn't get any worse, right? Well, it does. Here's this little gem most Americans don't understand is that voting is done by private companies. The elections are, are conducted by private companies under contract to from the county. And um, we went in and started looking at these private companies and their software and their security. And we realized, first off, there are no security standards. 
So there are no national standards that any voting company needs to, to meet as far as the uh, security on their software. And as a result of that, we then began to look and we realized how easy it is to change votes. Uh, the software is so bad you can easily change the audit trail so that later you cannot even forensically go back and find out the votes that were changed. And that led us to a number of areas. One, we said, well, what happens to your vote after whatever the voting company locally does to it? What, what happens to it? Well, it turns out in the case of Texas and 28 other states, it all goes to a server in Frankfurt, Germany, which is owned by Barcelona, Spain, multinational. And that's who actually controls and reports your vote. I got to jump in. So here in Texas, if you vote early, and so your vote is being stored, you think, safely somewhere, the data about all the votes in Texas and 27 other states, the early voting data is actually being held in a server in Germany. That is correct. And not only that, Gracious. but in their process in the, in, by a company called Seidel, um, and in their process, uh, we can even see malware sitting there collecting all the credentials of all the county workers everywhere who are submitting information up, which means you can now go back into the county and change votes there, too. Uh, okay. Folks, how did this happen? How did we get to this point where we allowed this to happen, where all these foreign companies and all of these foreign entities have complete and total control over what we think is happening in our election as far as who won and who didn't win. And obviously the answer comes into the form of, we always knew there was voter fraud, but we weren't paying attention to how the voter fraud was taking place, right? We, we were always thinking that they were using it through, you know, just strictly dead voters, you know, dead people voting and using, you know, busting around people and using out-of-state voters in order to, you know, rig and win election. And yes, some of that goes on. But I wonder how much of that was just so that they could leave a little bit of a trail, but then go off and say, well, you know, there's not enough of that in order to change the results of the election. Therefore, there's no need to waste a whole lot of time because, you know, the amount of voter fraud is very low. And we would still catch on to that you know, those activities. And we were so focused on that, that we weren't even paying attention to the voting machines themselves, how easy they are to rig, how easy it is for all these private companies and entities to just go in. We, I guess we just assumed that there was government entities in place, bipartisan commission, ensuring that the voting machines were secure and providing us accurate results. And yet it turns out there isn't, you know, we knew that there was voter fraud, but our focus on Voter fraud was just on the small parts, the minute parts, and we weren't looking at where the vast majority of the voter fraud was taking place. Now, some people are going off and they're wondering, well, if this has been going on for years and years and years, then how did Donald Trump get a first term? And I think that's very easy because they were going on all these polls and everything that they thought that Hillary Clinton couldn't lose so that they didn't need to rig the voting machines in that election. And then they were surprised. And so they were more than well, uh, more than prepared for this year to kick in the election fraud. But we don't know how many elections. Was this the first election this has happened? Or has this been going on throughout many elections and they've just been kind of manipulating the outcomes, you know, between elections in order to make it seem believable? You know, how many people, how many people are in on this? You know, is the Democrat leadership in on this or are they blindsided by it? 
you know, where it's just these companies trying to decide based off of whose policies they like the most, who is and isn't going to get into office. How long has our entire democracy just been a complete sham through these voting machines? Now, of course, these voting machines don't get implemented in every state. Some states actually do their research. So they're, you know, might just only be able to do it in certain areas. But my God, you know, the, the dam is breaking. The dam is breaking. And the question keeps going, who's all going to jail? And some people are saying that they saw Lynn Wood on Newsmax saying that Joe Biden could end up in jail for election fraud. I, I will have to go back. I can't find anything. Of course, there's a lot of censorship going on online. So being able to go through and find all that, you know, it gets kind of hard at times, you know, and, you know, it also goes on to show that Fox News destroyed themselves for nothing. You know, they, they stabbed every conservative viewer that they had in the back and order to try and get Joe Biden in. They're tr refusing to do any investigations. And after they pissed off all of their viewers, rather than coming back and trying to do any actual journalism and investigations, they're allowing competitors like Newsmax and OAN to do all the investigations. And from there, those channels are just skyrocketing. I mean, Newsmax has already overtaken a couple other networks at right now. All right. So, oh, there's more. There's more. There's always so much more to the story. I know I, I'm sorry there's so many clips in here, but I mean, we really need to go through and discuss all of them. You know, so let's go ahead and have another clip, this time from Sidney Powell herself. Let's see what she has to say about how much evidence there is of election fraud and her confidence that the election is going to be overturned within the next week or two. So let's hear what she has to say. They can watch the voting real time. They run a computer algorithm on it as needed to either flip votes, take votes out, or alter the votes to make a candidate win. So that's different. Now, now, now you're, this is even different. I, and I just really want to be very, very careful here and be very meticulous about this. One, it's one thing to be able to watch it and decide how much more input you need to change to change the number. But now you're saying there's an actual way to change the, the, the total, the vote tallies within the system? That's exactly right. Folks, you understand here, this is a serious lawyer, even more serious than America's lawyer, America's governor, Rudy Giuliani, who brought down the mob. This is a very serious lawyer, and she's putting her entire career on the line. And if you go back and watch the entire clip, you'll hear where she alludes or mentions that she has whistleblowers from inside these companies, with, potentially with evidence that these voting machines were in fact rigged to produce a Joe Biden outcome. She wouldn't be putting her entire career on the line unless she believed that she, in fact, had irrefutable evidence and the statement that it could overturn the entire election. People, now some of you are going out there, well, why don't they do it right now? Look, a case like this normally takes about two years to put together before any indictments come down. And they're in a rush. Now, apparently they've already started the investigation before the election. So they were already putting everything into place because Trump saw what was coming down. And maybe, you know, Trump put his entire presidency at risk in order to cap capture the Democrats in the election fraud. You know, a, a basically kind of a sting operation, putting his entire election at risk. 
putting his entire presidency at risk in order to do this. That's always a possibility. I mean, there's a reason why things are breaking at such lightning speed for all of this. And some of the lawsuits that they had filed, what I'm guessing is not only to chip away at a good portion of the votes, but also to stall for time while they gather all the evidence that they can within the time frame that they have, and then drop the lawsuit, you know, the real big one, once they've gone through everything that they can. So, you know, that is always a possibility as well. Okay. So there's just a lot of things breaking, a lot of things going on right now. Now there is a Project Veritas. If you have not seen the latest Project Veritas, so you remember there's all this concern about Georgia, how they said they would do a recount and an audit. Then they said, well, we're not going to do signature verification. Then when they decide they're going to do signature verification, the Democrats file a lawsuit saying, no, 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 you can't do any signature verification. All right. So there's a lot of question as to whether or not, you know, the Georgia recount is more of a CYA, you know, where instead of actually doing an honest recount in order to uncover election fraud, they're trying to just cover their own butt, right? And pretend like they did something in order to come back and go, nope, nope, everything was clear as a whistle. You know, there may have been a couple hundred uh, votes that were in error, but you know, very minimal, you know, very minimal. Nothing's perfect, but, you know, we caught, you know, a few mistakes, but there was actually zero impact on the outcome of the election. We did such a great job because here's one of the problems that we have when we ask for these recounts, investigations into fraud and all that. The people in charge of conducting those investigations were people who were in charge at the time, all of this fraud and criminal activity were going on under their nose. And so, if they do an honest investigation, they could end up losing their jobs for being completely and totally incompetent and clueless, or for possibly being in on the fraud itself. So that's always kind of an interesting outcome, isn't it? That we put the people that if they find anything, they could lose their job for incompetence in charge of trying to find the criminal activity. So Project Veritas has a undercover inside the Georgia recount. And he got a recording where they find out that, hey, they're not actually going through and weeding out the fraud. In fact, more fraud is being conducted in the Georgia recount, where they see all these ballots for Trump, and they're calling them out for Biden, and then just handing them off to someone who's not even looking at it, just putting it into whatever pile. You know, and they're bragging to each other about how they're getting away with it. Unbelievable. So they engaged in massive election fraud got caught. Then when they're trying to go off and prove that there's no election fraud, we find out that the, that the recount and audit into election fraud is really more of a cover-up operation to try and convince the public, see, all these anomalies, everything that you're finding, you know, they're, they're just unfounded. See, we did this audit and we found nothing. It's a sham. It's corrupt from top to bottom. Now, whether or not you know, the head, you know, the secretary of state in Georgia is aware of this or whether he's just a complete and total moron with so much things going under his nose while it's just a bunch of radical leftists who have no concern about getting caught for stealing elections. It could go either way. But my God, how can all of this be uncovered, you know, by small networks, by independent, you know, just by podcasters, YouTubers, small independent channels, and yet all these mega billion dollar news organizations can uncover this. 
Now, there's also, you know, some issues here where we have people that we've thought of as conservative leaders, like Ben Shapiro, right? Going out there and, you know, trying to act like, no, there's really nothing to totally see here. Are there some things that look strange? Sure. But I just don't see the evidence. I don't know. You know, and then you got real leaders like Dan Bongino going out there. Now, Dan Bongino was really far ahead of Ben Shapiro on Spygate. In fact, they had an argument over Twitter on it where Ben Shapiro was trying to say, well, I don't see any evidence and I don't see him. And Dan Bongino's laying it out. And Ben Shapiro was like, well, I don't really believe in that. I don't really you know, see what you're getting at. And then you know, months and months later, as everything was breaking, then Ben Shapiro comes out and goes, oh, crap, maybe you were right. Now, this is the difference here between Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino and why Dan Bongino is ahead of Ben Shapiro on the major scandals that are going on here, you know, before they break with the irrefutable evidence. And it's the difference between an investigator and a lawyer, right? An investigator is the one that actually does the investigation, looks around, takes a look at all of the evidence and all that, and then does basically all the legwork, all the hard work, and then packages it all together in a nice little neat, you know, a file, and then gives it to the lawyer who didn't do any investigation, but just reviews the work of the investigators and to go off and do those things. And that's why Ben Shapiro is always behind Dan Bongino on these scandals as they're breaking. You know, Ben Shapiro always going, I need more evidence. I need more evidence. And, you know, that's Ben Shapiro. And Dan Bongino is like, well, here's some evidence I am found. Here's some more evidence. Here's a little bit more evidence here. And then it just keeps piling up, right? And so this is why I like Dan Bongino far more than I like Ben Shapiro, because again, I like to see, you know, the breaking of the scandal, not the scandal has broken wide open. And now you just toss it off to the lawyer to whose job is the easiest part in all of it. All right. So that's going through now in Georgia, though, uh, the recount did uncover another 2,600 votes for Trump in just one county that no one ever counted. No one counted. So we got people voting all, all over the place here, you know, for Trump. Oh, sorry, hit the microphone. I'm just going to leave that in. So we got people voting for Trump and their votes aren't even being counted. So they're counting illegal votes without even counting the legal ones. I mean, yes, you heard that right. They're going off rushing to count every, you know, and their mantra to count every legal vote. They're, you know, while conservatives are going out there say we need to count legal votes and not count illegal votes, the Democrats are going out there saying, well, no, no, we need to count every legal vote, but we don't need to concern ourselves with the actual legal votes, right? So, wow, illegal votes prioritized over legal votes. That's the Democrat mantra. Okay. Now there's other news uh, that is breaking out, uh, this time in Michigan. Michigan legislature is all up in a row. Uh, all up in arms here. And now they're starting to talk about impeaching the governor. Why? Because the governor's kind of getting in the way of investigations. The governor is, you know, incompetent and kind of response. I might have some responsibility in the voting machines and everything. So here's what's going on there, which by the way, as I am looking at this, I'm reminded of another news article that I had seen that says, you know, Trump's approval rating is at 52%. And that's part of the reason why this election doesn't make sense with the Biden victory. So we had record turnout. Trump, you know, improved 
everywhere in the country with almost every demographic group except for white men, you know, apparently. But we'll see if that's actually true. You know, Republicans down ballot win all over the place. Trump's approval rating at 52%. And somehow he loses because a couple of districts in four swing states is, you know, in the only places that Biden didn't underperform led to him having more votes than any other president in history. And he didn't even campaign. I mean, that is some amazing results here. So as the Washington Times uh, is reporting here, Michigan Republican lawmakers are calling for the impeachment of Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer over her latest round of harsh coronavirus-related restrictions. Okay, so I kind of got it wrong. It was kind of, I was thinking that this was election-related. I kind of got confused with the different article here. You know, but they're going off and they're now talking about uh, the coronavirus restrictions and going through to uh, impeach her over that. Sorry, I, you know, got a little mixed up here in my articles, you know, and all of that. But you know what? This is one of those things where coronavirus right now, the media's renewed emphasis on coronavirus, it's just another one of those things that is meant to try and distract us and, you know, try and distract the entire country away from all of the evidence that is going on. But yes, go ahead and Peter, and you know what? You might want to add in election fraud. You know how election fraud got into that. So yes, impeach, get the people trying to obstruct the investigation out of the goddamn way. Now, it's also interesting, uh, some of the uh, response by the left going here, going, well, you know what? You know, we don't have time to investigate the election fraud. We don't think that there is any election fraud to investigate. But hey, you know what? There are some things that are concerning about the election. So how about this as a compromise? How about we promise to talk about, you know, ballots and voting fraud after Joe Biden's inaugurated? You know, just let Joe Biden be inaugurated, you know, be president, you know, and then we'll go through and we'll promise we'll do, engage in election reform to, you know, remove these security concerns. Wait, what? 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 So let me get this straight. Your answer or your proposed compromise is this. After stealing an election through fraud, you're willing to do a bipartisan deal of going through and updating election security. How come I have this sinking feeling that that is not only disingenuous, but the idea of putting the people who benefit from the fraud in charge of doing reform to prevent fraud is not going to go anywhere. It is not really going to end up in our best interest. Just call me crazy, but I kind of have that feeling. And of course, the tech tyrants are expanding, right? They're expanding, trying to block all of this, you know, trying to block the dam from breaking. So we know that Facebook and Twitter have just been cracking down on anybody who even dare suggest election fraud. I mean, they would ban Trump if they could at this moment, but, you know, He's still the sitting U.S. president, so that's kind of a big no-no. But they're, they're trying to crack down, and now that's expanding, you know, to other places. People trying to do um, GoFundMe, you know, in order to try and help investigate election fraud. They're MailChimp. Anyone who's sending out, you know, and this is a problem about, you know, everyone, you know, in the you know entrepreneurship sphere is all talking about email lists, email lists, email lists, and now we find out that these companies are determining whether or not to let you, you know, send out emails to your users based off of whether or not they like your political position. You know, 
So you've spent all this time building up your email list, and now you can't even email anybody because they're blocking you because they don't like your political views. I mean, the the tech tyrants, they think that they have won and that they're going to be up and part uh, part of the government, that they're going to be the ones in charge of determining, you know, internet and technology, you know, policies going forward. And they're going to do so in order to, you know, stomp out all of these competitors and be able to have a complete and total monopoly, you know, over their type of social media platform, that there won't be any competitors to Facebook, no competitors to Twitter allowed. You know, that they're thinking that they can go through and to- for total tech tyranny, that they're going to be able to completely and totally censor the internet without any fear of losing their protection under Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act. Unfortunately, they're a little bit too late here, thanks to Parler. Parler, I mean, that that's up there as the number one app. I mean, there won't be too much longer before uh, Google and iOS removes that app from their stores because it's gaining too much popularity and allowing people to go through and freely share information. There won't, uh, trust me, you know, if the right now, maybe Google is kind of hedging their bets. I mean, there's some things going on on YouTube where they're not engaging in nearly the censorship that the other platforms are, you know, they, they might know something. So maybe there's a reason why, you know, they're not cracking down as, you know, as hard as the others. But, you know, you go through and you take a look at that. And maybe that's also why they haven't already removed, you know, um, Parler and Rumble. Rumble's going up there, you know, as an alternative to YouTube. And YouTube's are looking at Rumble right now and going, oh, crap. Now we're facing. So you got Twitter is losing massive amount of users who are now going over to Parler, right? You got YouTube, YouTube under severe threat from Rumble, right? And they're looking at what happened to Twitter after they severely cracked down. And maybe this is part of it, you know, uh, why YouTube's not cracking down so hard is because they saw what Twitter did and what instantly happened uh, to part with Parler as YouTube, as Twitter cracked down uh, with massive censorship. And, you know, YouTube's like, well, you know, maybe we kind of want to censor this, but then they're all going to go over to Rumble and then our entire platform's going to collapse, you know? And then you take a look at Facebook and I wonder what Facebook is thinking because the Facebook alternative, MeWe, is also surging up in users as people are looking and saying, we are finally done with the tech tyrant. So, you know, we got all of this going on and we got the CEOs trying to say, well, we're going to step in and, you know, we're going to force the Republicans to install, install Joe Biden, no matter what is uncovered. You know, the, the whole thing is coming down. It's crashing down on everyone who thought they were the ones who really ran the country. They're the ones that decided what the leadership would be and who does and doesn't actually get a say. Oh, those peasants, they think they actually have a choice in our elected leaders. Ha, 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 ha. You know, they got another thing coming, you know, uh, and I don't get why they don't like why the businesses don't like President Trump under President Trump. They have seen massive profits. So have we gotten to the point where our American corporations are now more interested in political ideology than they are in profit? I mean, have we gotten to that point? I mean, that is, well, that is a scary idea. Now, of course, the Democrats, though, a lot of them realizing, hey, we got completely crushed in this election and this claim to the presidency is probably not going our way. We're on... That is seriously in doubt. 
uh, are starting to revolt and saying, hey, you know, we need to cut out this lip, this woke crap, this social justice warrior BS. And Nancy Pelosi's going, no, 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 we won, we won because we retained the House. Uh, that is still yet to be seen. There's, you know, if this election fraud, you know, really breaks open and finds out that there are some issues with the down ballot races, yeah, that, you know, there might be a little bit of a problem with your claim there, you know, right? And so Pelosi has emphasized her message of caucus cohesion. You know, the Democrats are falling apart and Nancy Pelosi's going, no, 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 no. We must stay united. We must stay united no matter how much the investigations are blowing wide open. No matter what, we don't abandon the, the whole wokeness. You know, we, we must stay together. I mean, she is facing some severe problems especially from a lot of people who not only are taking a look and seeing which way the investigations are blowing, but also, well, and not only how much they got their butts kicked in this election and all the down ballot races, but, the, the, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at Nancy Pelosi like, yeah, you need to go. You're destroying the party. And she's like, no, you, I, no, you must do what I say. Party cohesion. Ugh, man. And of course, other Democrats are trying to double down and go to their usual tactics like Ilhan Omar. Oh, these Trump supporters, they're like the Ku Klux Klan. These are racist rallies. This, this is a, an attack by white supremacists. Even though uh, these rallies are very diverse. Have you noticed that? You know, you don't see the media going out there and looking at the crowds and congratulating us on all of our diversity. Apparently, they only care about diversity if they can use it uh, as a claim to promote Democrats. Oh, man. I mean, the entire political landscape has just been tossed upside down. And Bill Maher, Bill Maher is making some headlines with his show. What is it? Politically Incorrect, you know, um, or something, you know. But Bill Maher is going off and analyzing this election and, you know, really speaking out saying, hey, you need to get rid of the social justice warrior BS. You know, wokeness is killing us, you know, and hey, you have made yourself toxic to about 70 some million Americans. All right. There is something wrong with this. Now, people are going, well, Biden got more votes. <laughs> Did he really? You know, I guess once the investigations turn out, yeah, maybe not. Maybe Biden didn't get anywhere. Maybe he only got 40% of the vote once we get the real election results in. But you know, he's making some headlines, which has the far left, like secular talk and, you know, the young Turks, all of that up in an uproar. How dare you question wokeness? You know, and the whole cancel culture is also killing you because now you're also losing control of the narrative as people have found other ways to communicate without you being able to censor them. You know, that, <laughs> this is the great thing about capitalism is that if you make a bunch of horrible decisions, People will build competition and people will flock to it. <laughs> wow. And of course, the Democrats are also going out there and trying to, well, this racism and white supremacy name calling isn't working. What do we do? Oh, COVID. If you don't immediately, you know, concede the election and start cooperating with our transition team, people will die from COVID, 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 fear mongering, fear mongering. And yet another company has come out and announced that they have a vaccine. And that vaccine is. 95% effective, even more effective than the one by Pfizer, which is interesting because your body's own natural immune system is 99% effective, <laughs> you know, so the vaccine is less effective than your natural immune system. And then we find out that all these people who have had COVID, 
are now immune. They can't get COVID anymore. Did you know, as far as reinfection rate, there has only been four people in the entire world who has had COVID twice. Four people. And that's because those people had weakened immune systems to begin with. Four in the entire world on a virus that has over 99% survival rate. And they're going to go out there and try and fear monger. People will die if you don't just give in to our demands and start cooperating with us. People will die from COVID and we must shut down the economy for four to six weeks now. And, you know, which they only want to do that so that they can start, you know, going through and convince people we need more socialized, more socialism in government, more government welfare programs and all that. (sighs) You know, it is funny, though, watching them completely melt down and panicking and trying to throw out all of these little squirrels uh, to try and convince us to chase after in order to, in order to cover up their own ass. Now, look, people, I, I, I know, I know. At the beginning, I was a bit of a downer when I was asking the question, will anyone pay the consequences for that? And I mentioned all the other scandals in which we had irrefutable evidence of the crimes and no one paid for it. But there is something different about this, and that is the Republicans are taking action. And why are they taking action? Because we are passionately taking action. It's because of the MAGA rally camped outside of the state capitals in Washington, D.C., outside of the Supreme Court. It's because of all that. And they know how much we are pissed off at this blatant attempt at trying to steal the election that they can't sweep it under the rug. Now, unfortunately, there are a few who, you know, for their own ego, and just out of pure spite for President Trump, for whatever reason, are trying to sell out you know, this country. There are others who, just out of fear, are just trying to cover their own butt, whether that's through their own involvement in this fraud or just trying to save their own career uh, because, of all, because of what would happen to them if it's discovered that all this massive fraud happened under their nose and they weren't paying attention to it, despite all of the warnings about fraud, despite telling them, hey, they're going to try and cheat. But because you are out there, you are marching, you are protesting, you're taking to our new social media platforms that allow freedom of information to get the word out and mobilizing all over the place, that it is providing a backbone, just like the last four years of Trump showing that what can be accomplished if you just stand up to the liberal insanity and the media. They have started growing a backbone and through us coming out in mass numbers to support President Trump is encouraging and motivating them to move on this and to actually start taking the action. They're starting to realize that they don't have to cower in the face of the media or whenever the leftists start doing their usual chant. They're starting to see a huge shift in this country. And that is us. That is us. Now, before I sign off here or before I end this episode, I do want to bring up here. I am serious. Yes, I am serious when it comes to plans in order to once and for all politically destroy the left. You know, I am serious about putting together a whistleblower fund and offering it up on January of 2022, making big announcement so that everybody on the left hears about it. That if they want multi, you know, like a two, three million dollar payout. All they have to do is spend the, you know, from January to November collecting all the evidence they can find that their side is engaged in mass voter fraud. And the first one to come out after the election with irrefutable evidence 
gets that payout. You know, and we could also limit it to certain swing states. But if we did that, well, the Democrats would just change what states they engage in fraud with. So, you know, that would severely disrupt them. But I'm also very serious about finding some conservatives, some solid conservatives that don't have, you know, public, you know, uh, public face or recognition to run as far leftists in the Democrat primaries. And then we all switch our voter registration to, to Democrat to push them through those primaries and get them to the general election so that the general election is between an open conservative and a secret conservative. And then after the election, do a blitz uh, legislation, you know, depending on what the majority is in the House and the Senate, you know, maybe have our secret conservatives lang- uh, hang low until we need that s- them to come in to have the supermajority needed to pass constitutional amendments, you know, with two-thirds of both chambers to try and cement conservative values into the Constitution and make it nearly impossible, impossible to repeal. And if and by running as a bunch of crazy liberals, we could drum up enough fear in the public about what the left is trying to do to drive up massive turnout in the state elections so that we can get two-thirds of the state legislatures and governor so that we can ensure that once we do our blitz in the House and the Senate to pass constitutional amendments, we have all of the states that we need to solidify those constitutional amendments permanently into the Constitution, right? So I'm serious about that. And I want people to contact me or try and, you know, if you're listening to this and you're somebody looking for more personalities for Blaze TV or on one of these other bigger conservative networks, you know, go ahead and, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'd like to lay out the entire plan for you. You know, and if you're, you know, listening to this and you like this idea, then go ahead, you know, try and get me in touch with these, you know, bigger conservatives. I mean, I get it. They can't meet with everyone. You know, I I get it. But I just wish those who had more massive audience did more than just cheerlead, you know, did more about helping to mobilize and put in the structures for mobilization, you know, rather than just always nothing more than behind a microphone, cheerleading, rah, rah, rah. I mean, yes, cheerleading is good. Sure, getting out the information is good, but we need something more than that. We need more We need more general, not more cheerleader. All right, so that's it for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, if you enjoy this content, and I know looking at the download numbers, quite a few of you do, if you like this content, please leave me a rating and review so other people can find it. Please share this on Parlor and MeWe as well. You know, if you can on Facebook and Twitter, go ahead. You know, I'm not sure it's going to spread around very far there. You know, let your friends and your family know. We need to, you know, support as many conservative voices as possible in order to push back against the tyrannical left. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And, well, I would like to say I'd be back again Thursday, but if things keep breaking, I'll be back again tomorrow. All right. Thank you.